Yeah, I can imagine. Sweet, sweet. All right. I guess I'll just add everyone in as they come. Um, nice tight group. Love it. Good. Let me share the screen here. How do I? Oh, wow. This is a lot easier when I'm the, when I'm the host. Pretty cool. Okay. So really quickly, um, when ranking your rank list. Okay. So we have Christina Gailey, we have Nish and we have Sarah and, and we have Sam. All right. All right. Let's get this started. Okay. So this is about considerations and priorities for when you're making your rank list. This is very important. And Sean and I, we went through our rank lists. I mean, oh, so many times. I mean, time and time again, probably every night we'd be sitting down dinner, maybe after dinner, hanging out. And it's really important to talk to, to multiple people, your family members, mentors, definitely your mentors, as well as your close friends, because you got to get an idea of, I think the most important thing is where do you see yourself next year? Really, where do you see yourself next year? For Sean, it was Stony Brook. For me, it was NYU. And, and we, got, we were very lucky to match there, right? You had to, you had to play the cards, right? There was a process to it, which we can go into, but ultimately what you're going to come down to is comparing your probably between like a couple programs, right? Adding people as we go, here we go. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for coming on. You're going, it's what it's going to be coming down to is you're going to be comparing different programs. You're going to make like a spreadsheet. You're going to rank thing, rank different factors that we're about to go through one through five. Um, ultimately, what I want you to take from this is you want to make your own list of these priorities. How do I get next? Here we go. You want to create, this is just a general, the six main points here. You're going to have a list of 25 and you want to get them in your right order. We just want to go into kind of how you can gear your mind and kind of prepare yourself for that. So let's begin. Number one is motivation and inspiration. And if anyone was on the, uh, the Q&A session I did yesterday, I kind of explained what this means. Dr. Appa said this first. Sean, do you remember that, that event? We, we, uh, well, it wasn't ours with Dr. Appa. He, it was uh, an NYU mentoring event. And do you remember that one? Dan Level was on it too. And vaguely, um, vaguely right, right. I, this, this is going back probably three years now. But what he said is when you come home at the end of the day, during residency, just like dental school, but in a different way, you're going to be exhausted. You're going to be so tired. When you come home, you really want to be inspired, right? Because that's what's going to set yourself up for the next day, for your career, for your family one day, and so on and so forth, right? You want to be motivated and inspired when you come home to take that extra step, learn that extra thing, go get groceries like I just did just now. Um, so I actually have dinner tonight and tomorrow night. Um, number two is training experience, right? Because this is what's going to set you up for the actual career later on. Motivation and inspiration is what's going to get you through the day. As you know, mental health and whatnot, very important factors during dental school. They are just the same during residency. Your training experience is going to come down to like, um, so for, for my standpoint, I want to hear Sean's, how many implants are they placing at your program? Um, how many sedations are you doing? When do you do your anesthesia rotation? Is it your first year? Is it your third year? Um, how many four-year spots do you have? How many six-year spots do you have? Um, is research required at your oral surgery program? 
Um, how much dental alveolar experience you get? Do you do cancer? For some people, they really want to go into cancer. Very few. <laughs> oh, oh, that's tough. Very few, uh, you know, some people want to go into cancer when you're doing oral maxillofacial surgery. Most oral surgeons don't end up going into that. And that's why cancer can be considered like a roundabout route of training, right? So your training experience, again, it's really going to set you up for your career. Culture and lifestyle. These people are, oh, wait, Sean, I want you to go into training experience as far as ortho goes. Yeah, training experience for ortho is a little bit different. I think the biggest factor is um, the difference between clinical versus didactic. Um, so some programs are a little more didactic based where you'll do a lot of your learning, um, reading papers, you'll do a lot of reading uh, research articles, um, and some are a little more clinic based where you're actually treating patients and some are a mix of both. Um, knowing which programs are centered around each one because you you know some people make the assumption that going into residency it's all clinical at this point well some programs for orthodontics are not necessarily like that some can be very uh, didactic based um, case starts versus case workups so just because you work up a lot of cases necessarily doesn't necessarily mean those cases are going to start with you um, are you allowed to moonlight that's a that's a big deal. Some programs don't let you moonlight as a general dentist or orthodontist outside of residency. Some places do. So if you're looking to make some money on the side, um, that's important. Of course, financials. Is it a paid program or is it a non-paid program? Are you considered a student where you have to pay tuition? Or are you considered an employee where you get a salary, but you have other responsibilities that might include call? Um, you know, those those are some of the big ones here. In terms of the newest stuff in, uh, in your... You know, as orthodontics evolves in terms of digital dentistry, uh, digital training, TADS, you know, these are new things that are coming out. Is your program keeping up to date with those things? So training experience can, you know, go across a wide spectrum of, uh, of different subjects and you have to identify which programs are doing which as best you can. That That's huge. The moonlining thing is something I, I didn't even think of that's such a huge point yeah, it's, it's literally the difference of making money or not right that, that's a that's an extra you know salary in your pocket that's so some places may and I, I don't know this for sure but some places may be tuition based which you know as a student could be uh you know more valuable to you maybe you need a little more coaching like myself and you need that stuff but if you're able to moonlight and you can you know make some money you can essentially pay off the tuition which would be great some places don't necessarily let you do that. So that's something you you know definitely look into is if you can moonlight, not only as an orthodontist, but as a general dentist, um, that could be a big help. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, Sean, I was telling you this. Uh, one of my co-residents was saying that there are all surgery residents in Baylor making 120 a year off just extractions on like the weekends and stuff. It's, I mean, it's crazy. Huge consideration. Location. Okay, so some people... You, some people already have a family. I remember I was talking to Roseman last year and they said uh, quite a few of them had wives, kids. I was like, how are you in dental school right now? But they were, and they were thriving. But sometimes location, you know, if they were to go into oral surgery five states away, how are they, when are they going to see their kids? What, everyone's going to move over five states with him and then, you know, they're going to see him miserable. I mean, I guess, I guess that could be, you know, a learning experience in itself, but location is very important. And to touch on that, something that's really important to me, and Sean and I went over this too, is, for example, LIJ and Montefiore, the oral surgery programs there, you're driving around between several locations in a day. 
I don't want to be driving when I'm placing phone calls, getting other phone calls of people, you know, with infections loaded in China. This guy came in with a fracture. You got to see him over here, over there on call. That's dangerous. That is really dangerous. Um, you got to be careful with that. So uh, here at NYU, we, we were at four facilities. The three hospitals are NYU Langone, Bellevue, and the VA. And it's just a walk. It's like a five, 10 minute walk in between in between them. So it's very quick. I live across the street from, from Bellevue. So um, I'm not wasting time commuting. That's a really important thing to consider, right? This is not a priority, but it's important to consider commute time. Depending on what residency you go into, you're going to have a very limited amount of time and your life outside of residency is also very important too. You want to maximize that as well. Uh, Sean, you want to touch on that on locational? Yeah, for, for orthodontics, for the most part, location is mostly going to affect how you how you function outside of the clinic. Um, in terms of location for the clinics themselves, you you know, finding an area that, um, you know, financially can patients can support orthodontic treatment, which, you know, sometimes is covered by insurance, but unfortunately not as much as it should be. Um, and patients have to pay out of pocket. That's not that's not easy for all people. Uh, you know, for all patients and for all families to consider, especially, you know, with the economic climate that we're going into right now where things are getting very expensive. So, you know, finding and being in an area where patients recognize the importance of treatment and can also afford treatment um, is very important. And then something that Brendan touched on, you know, you want to have a life outside of residency. You need to keep your mental health. You need to stay sane. So whether you're a person that thrives in a big city like New York City or, you know, can live in a in a suburb outside or somewhere where maybe you don't need as much and you're a little more introverted and you know you enjoy your your nights on the couch and you know watching a good movie or less reading a good book which is you know totally fine those are things to consider because when you go to a place where you you know you're great it's great you got in but can you really survive in you know the the midwest where there isn't as much going on when you are from a big city like new york boston philadelphia florida los angeles and there's always stuff to do those are things to consider because it's great you go into clinic and you're there you know 9 to 6 8 to 5 whatever time you're there once you go out can you stay sane because it can't be work all the time it's not you're not going to make it that way Exactly. It's so important. You got to be, you got to be refreshed and rejuvenated day after day. Just quick side topic, but I'm working seven days in a row this week. I started last Sunday at 6am and I'm working through 6.30am and I'm working through this Saturday, six or seven o'clock at night. Today, I didn't get out till 7.15 because we had some issues, uh, patient emergency uh, epoxy, but um, let's get on to the next one. Career prep. This is in comparison to training and experience, training and experience is what you're literally doing there. Career prep is how are the faculty setting you up with a network for when you're applying to jobs afterward, applying to associateships, applying to become a partner, maybe buy a practice in an area that's up and coming, right? That's that's what I mean by career prep. Or another example is Sean's able to go to the orthodontics, um, like the, Sean, what is it? The, the conventions. The conventions. I I'm bogged down with work. I can't go to conventions right now. Hopefully one day. This is a very important thing to consider, right? I love to network. Obviously, right? Sean and I were big into this. You want to go to these things, um, and last but not least, salary, right? Because um, some people they want to prioritize paying back loans, or if you do have a family that needs to rely on your salary, 
That's a really important consideration. And I have to summarize all of this. This is a list of things we're helping you consider, but it's only prioritized in your terms. And that's what we're here to do. Okay. That's why we want to open up the floor here. Please ask questions. Come on, unmute yourself, ask everything. And just one last thing, this list right here in the bottom in, in uh, stars, this list is designed in order of the concept of if you don't have the prior, the prior priority, you may not get to the next one. And what I mean by that is if you don't have the inspiration every day at your residency, your training and experience isn't going to be maximized. You know what I mean? You could have gotten 200 implants, but you did 50. You know what I mean? It's good. It's great, but you didn't maximize it. And that's what I mean by you may not get to the next one. If your training and experience isn't that great because you prioritize culture and lifestyle, well, you're having a great time through residency, but you know you might not make as much money those first few years out. It's going to take you a lot longer to pay back loans. It's going to take you a little bit longer to start that family. And then by the time you're paying for your kids to go to college, okay, I could go on and you get the point, right? Location is great. Um, career prep is good. Salary, you could put salary first, right? But then maybe you're you're not really liking the culture of your program because you're working so much, okay? All right, what do you say, Sean? Let's open up the floor. Let me get rid of this. How do I undo that? Oh, and thank you guys. Uh, we, we founded Students of Dentistry, Elite Dentist, Top Dental Practices, a part of our top offense, showed up dentistry division. Um, Dose of Dental Podcast is a new one we're bringing onto the, the club here in order to really generate events like this, make good content, educate, mentor, and, uh, and bring it into the social media atmosphere. Let me stop sharing. Let's get to it. Christina, Joanna, Nish, Sam. Sarah, you too. What questions uh, can can we help you with on your rank list? You guys signed on for a reason. Someone's got a question somewhere. No pain, no gain. Very welcome, Joanna. You got it. No pain, no gain. Where look? Where are you looking to have the pain, and where are you looking to get the gain in your residency? If I can ask. Yeah, Brenda, you know what I'm realizing more more often now is, you know, we just had the uh, the phase one match for um, just happened a few weeks ago. I don't think mm. a lot of people realize that there is, you know, there how you prioritize your list, how important that is. And then also the 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 game within match that uh, there is a there is a randomized portion to this, but you kind of do have to weigh your options. Um, and really talk it out you know I don't we we really did play a very strategic game with uh you know with how we how we planned it out and thankfully it worked out for both of us um, we did I, I think it's highly underrated I don't think people do that enough correct right also they try and do it a certain way and it doesn't work to their advantage right oh also sure. another thing guys rank every single school that you had an interview at do it. Make sure you rank them. That's very important. Don't let leave anything on the table. Uh, one of Sean and I's close friends um, thought, hey, you know, maybe they, I'm not, I don't want to, they thought maybe I'll only rank the, the top 10. That person I'm ranking to their 16th 
out of, out of I, God knows, super smart individual, one of the smartest we know. I I know actually, but um, match to the sixteenth rank, very important to rank all your spots. All right, Sean, what's this question? So this question's about uh, research in ortho. Um, you know, it's the importance of research in ortho is definitely growing. Um, you know, it's it's funny we were talking about it with some of our attendings. Um, and they were reviewing the applications that came in this year. And they looked at us and they said, you guys, I don't know how you do it now. Everybody is so smart. Everybody has a 4-0. Everybody has all these grades, has all this stuff. How do you set yourself apart? And, you know, unfortunately, fortunate for some, maybe unfortunate for others, research is a big part of that. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, Brendan has worked to say, you know, finding the cure for cancer research. But it should be research ideally in the field you're involved in. And ideally, you know, what whatever you did, you understand the purpose of the research and what your role was. A lot of times we find that people, you know, try to hop on a research project last minute and we say, hey, what'd you do? And they don't know what the research project was about. They don't know necessarily know what they did. They just know they were doing something. They don't know why. And you know, you, you can see it. So research is important. It's, it's importance is growing. Not, that's not to say that you can't get into ortho without research. You definitely can. I have some co-residents that did it without research. Um, but from what I've noticed over the past few years, that the importance of research is growing just because everybody is getting very competitive now in terms of their applications. Um, so you do need a couple of things to, to stand out in the inter in the uh, application phase and then the interview phase, it's a different story. But at least to get you the interview, research is becoming more important. And that's so, yeah. right now, there's, there's so much more to a person than just research. But unfortunately, it's uh, it's, uh, it's it's important. I I I would be uh, remiss to say it's not because I hate research, <laughs> but <laughs> but you need it. I don't know what else to say. It's I, funny. It's funny. Yeah. yeah, I think I think you put yourself at a slight disadvantage without it. That's all I'll say. Let me let me add, well also um, research is a form of marketing in a sense, right? Because a lot of people like to brag about how many publications they had, right? It's almost in a oh, sense like bragging. It. It's almost like bragging how many how many followers you have or this and that, right? Like it, it it's very different, but in a sense the concept is the same, right? It's just it's clout. That's what it is. Um, let me act in Nisha's shoes, for example. Sean, I'm one and a half years out. Uh, I've been working as a GP. What do you think the benefits would be for me if I did start and I, I applied back for ortho residency starting this year? What if I want to go for it? Is it worth it? Do you think it's doable? Have you heard of anyone doing this? So, you know, Stony Brook is, a, is an academic institution. We're not hospital-based. So a lot of our applicants are students. They're not necessarily... Um, you know, people that have been GPs that have, that have work experience for the most part, that's not to say, you know, over the course of the 40 years of the program, but in general for our, for our program, most of the place are students. So there hasn't been a lot of, um, you know, GPs coming back. I would think for the hospital-based programs at, that are paid, which is great. I do think you have well within uh, your, you know, well within your range there. And that being said, for them, because they're looking for more employees and not as much students, 
I wouldn't be surprised if research is less important for them because they're looking for someone that's going to come in and work, not necessarily that's going to come in and be a student. I have very little to back that up, you know, like actual evidence, but I, it just makes sense, right? If they're going to mm. value your work experience, then they're not going to look at as much as how much you have as a, as a student. They want to see that you can come in, you can work hard, you're going to understand more with less handholding, you know, and that you can, you know, function as a professional in that environment um, as an employee, not as a student. So I think for hospital-based programs, niche, you know, you with your GP experience, I think you have an advantage in that sense. Because we've I've seen students that maybe didn't even match the first time around right out of dental school, applied later and had more interviews for hospital-based programs than they did before. I mean, this makes, this makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's just, yeah, hospital is very, oh my God. Yeah, dude, you, you, know better than, you know better than, uh, you know, how much they're looking for that employee. It's true. So, Christina, Joanna, Sam, any, any questions for you guys? Even Sarah, Sarah, please, anything, anything we could answer? We'll stay on here a few more minutes. Uh, we could be on air as long as you'd like. Um, and we appreciate you guys coming out again one more time. Let me think of another ortho question. So, Sean, say I sucked ass in dental school yeah. at, you know, putting wires on teeth and whatnot. Do I still have an okay chance at applying to ortho? There is nothing about your orthodontic experience as a dental student that will limit your, your chance of getting into a residency or being a successful orthodontist. You know, just be it, it, that's there. The two are not related because we all assume going into orthodontics that you don't know anything because it is a new language that you'll have to learn. Brendo, we we learned oral surgery in in uh, in dental school to an extent. Do you think that we as students know oral surgery to the point of an oral surgery resident and how much you've learned over the past two years and all different rotations that you've been in? Oh, oh, man. Oh man, there's a, there's a point at which actually, I don't know if it was Dr. It wasn't Dr. Graves. Uh, someone had mentioned to, to us on one of the events early on, they said that uh, most oral surgeons say that they're overtrained. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to say yes or no to that, but you know, I did do bariatric surgery for a month where I was literally in the OR every day doing bariatric surgery with the, the instruments, you know, in, in people's bellies, you know, so to say, but, um, uh, it's uh, it's it's a lifestyle. Oh, and also I want to answer it. No one asked me. I did it, uh, research in dental school, but no one asked me on my interviews about my research. Maybe one school, but like 12 out of 14 asked me about uh, playing the violin. And that's kind of what we're talking about, Sean. What differentiates you from other? And I didn't get the interview because they saw violin on my resume. Let's be honest, right? But it's an interview talking point. Um very important thing to to consider back to the rank list um talk to talk to loved ones talk to family members talk to your best friends talk in terms of where you envision yourself next year where you what you always dreamed of i remember back at when i was an undergrad i always dreamed of being uh in manhattan possibly at nyu and here we are and, and what a what a wild ride sean and i we were talking about it day and night for well over a month like the top 
switching this one, well, I'd most likely get into here. Yeah, but but do you want to go all the way there to Virginia, um, yeah, Oklahoma? But the, the, the best parts about those conversations, it wasn't it wasn't a, uh, oh, my God, I'm so nervous of what's going to happen. It was, can you envision yourself waking up every day at West, at, in Virginia and driving to VCU? Or do you see yourself more in the city and, you know, walking down, going out to the, to the hospital, you know, operating by city bike, cab, subway. And, you know, it was, it was thinking more of a lifestyle than it was, you know, necessarily, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I'm not going to get in. We had conversations about, you know, where we saw the future going rather than, oh, this is, this is so scary, you know, and that's what made those conversations so, so great. And that's why, like you said, you need to talk to your loved ones about it. You need yeah. to talk. To, you need to talk to close friends. You need to talk to friends, right? Your your mentors, your faculty. These are people that can help guide you in the right direction. Because there's a big difference between. Could you imagine, Brendan, over the last two years being in in Virginia or Delaware? You're talking about Christiana Care. You know, all those places those are totally different from where you are right now, just geographically. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I wouldn't be able to see you this weekend. That's that's a good point. That's huge. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah. Yeah. And then the experience would be different too. culture. Um, the areas are different, like you said, different, different lifestyle. So it all factors into it. Guys, any last questions? We really hope that we are able to kind of open up your site, or at least if you know of, of these, you know, want to make sure yeah, that you're able to pray. Please, Sam, Sam, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I uh, here's the thing about the residencies. Uh, when people are applying to these programs, for example, the orthodontics that you guys were mentioning, are they usually two years or three years? Because some I know they're three years, but some said they were two years, and and they're all getting paid. Some are not getting paid. Like from your guys' experience, which one is like the best and like that they offer a pay? Because usually after dental school, it's usually good to get paid after all the years of hard work rather than not getting paid everybody wants some money <laughs> everybody everybody will get more money in their pocket but uh but yeah there there are two-year programs there are three-year programs there are uh paid programs there are non-paid programs and there's no saying which one uh is better than another it's really what works best for you um i you know me and Brendan, when it was my time to apply, we talked about what kind of student I am and what, what we think would be, what we thought would be best for me. And I appreciate a little more handholding. I appreciate somebody walking me through it. That today I can sit with my attending and I can really sit there and discuss a case and we can go through it. You know, I, I like the coaching. Um, if you feel you're more independent, you're more of a worker, then you can do without the extra year. And you can you can do the two year because you know you'll study by yourself and you can move forward that way. So um, it really is what you think is best for you. There's no which program is better than another. Just like Brendan, for you, the four and the six year. There's no there's no which is better or worse. It's just what works best for you. Well, it's what works best for you, hundred percent. I I wasn't gonna go take three more step exams. So it's basically like you apply and they tell you where to go or you tell them, hey, I want to be like in a specific state. I can't move out of this state. Well, well if, you, like if, that. You don't want, if you don't want to, uh, you know, be in, you know, if you don't want to apply to schools outside of your state or outside of your, you know, 
city or whatever, that's up to you to decide. So you don't have to apply to them um, if you don't want to. There are a certain number of programs per um, in the entire country. So for ortho, I think it's something at uh, maybe 60, 60 something. Maybe it's growing a little bit more. Um, you don't you don't have to apply to all of them. You can choose which ones you apply to. And then from there, if you apply, if you're applying there, that place to you is worth ranking. Just like Brendan said, if you got an interview, rank it. Because at one point or other, you thought you could see yourself there. So if the school, the dental school is like a pass-fail system, then how will they choose the student? They look at their, what do they look at? That, that's, that's the all-knowing, uh, that's the, the million-dollar question. Um, they look, they look at your grades, even if it's pass fail, they'll, that's this. So this is where it's a niche's point. This is where research comes in, right? If it's not research this is where work experience comes in. Uh, this is where letters of recommendation come in and underrated and not discussed enough, your network, your connections. Do you know people at the school? Do you have somebody that can put in a good word for you? Do you have a mentor that can make a phone call for you? Those things go a lot farther than people, than people talk about um so especially with pass fail students it's hard to judge so your application has to be well-rounded in other places and then when it's time to come to the interview you let your personality shine through and they look at only dental school or they look at undergrad grad everything in total or just dental uh, it's, mostly, it's mostly dental school they'll if you have graduate school they'll look at graduate school also i think they have undergraduate but to my knowledge i don't think it weighs very heavily I think they'll they'll peek at it, but I don't think it's a it's a it's a heavy thing. If you didn't do as well in undergrad, but you did much better in dental school, I think that offsets it. Okay, so for example, if a person applies to or doesn't get in, and they do like AEGD, that will look better when they reapply to ortho rather than a person that is applying straight from dental school like that. that I can't. That I can't answer. That that unfortunately that that is program dependent and some programs value those things. Some programs, you know, value value other things. Some programs appreciate the extra work experience. Some programs may want a student that's fresh. Some student some programs may want someone that, um, you know, now Brendan they have these uh, orthodontic internships where it's like a it's like an OS uh, externship, but you're you oh no sorry it's like an os internship like a non-cad year where you go and you work as a resident for a year but you don't treat them but you pay tuition you don't treat you pay tuition you pay tuition and you're there but for them it shows a year of commitment it shows that you're you know by all means you want to be involved in the orthodontic field and for that reason they see that as a positive some places i know do that and i know some some people that have benefited from that um but it's it's hard to say, uh, Sam, whether one is is looked at more than another. And then after residency, we're finally done, right? No more, no more education. Oh, no, that's <laughs> the job. Somebody give me some money, please. No more fellowships. Another another fellowship. Another whatever. I don't know another about graduate. you, Brendo. I don't know about you, Brendo, but I'm done. Oh, what? oh, I'm done. So you just did orthodontics, and that's it. You're done. After dental Just school, orthodontics. Hey, 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 Sam, that's, that's going to be seven years worth of dental school, man. You want me to do some more? You're killing me, Sam. No, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm asking like, okay, so I, I thought you were did, uh, you were doing uh, oral surgery too. So you're orthodontics no, and Dr. Gallinger's. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, Brenda, we have a question in the chat from uh, Christina. 
Uh, did you do a GPR after dental school or did you match right away as a Canadian dental student? Any tips on how to network more, build up an application other than research? Uh, I'll, I matched right away. I'll go into that. But Sam, just to, to, to explain a lot of the hospital residents, the medical residents, it, it's, it's a social thing. It's, I see the multi, Oh, what do you, where do you think you're going to do your fellowship? What, what are you applying to? You know, where are you thinking of going next year? It's a social, why is everyone so fixated? Like it, it's, it's a form of, yes, you're getting specialized training and whatnot, but you're held at in a fellowship. You're just the next resident salary up. And so just to give you an idea of the standpoint I'm coming from, if you read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he says the more specialized you become, the more vulnerable you become as an employee because the more specialized you are, how do you gain patience? What someone Googles that they need you know, their left inner ear canal fixed rather than the right one, and they're just going to Google that. No, no, no. You get referred. When you get referred by someone else, you're at the, the disposal, if you will, to the more general practitioner, right? Or specialist, right? It's, it's very similar in dentistry, but not, not so specialized yet. Okay. Let me get to this question. Just if you think about that, if you, to give you an example, Thank um, you. Complete, no, I didn't go, I didn't do a GPR. I just went right into residency. Um, I, I, I was very fortunate. I didn't hit a home run on the CBSC. I worked very hard. I, I did what I wanted to do during dental school. I got the grades I needed, did very well. Um, externships was was crucial for for mine okay as a canadian dental student any tips on how to network more ability application other than research that was mentioned yes okay um keep in mind now in 2022 now 2023 next month my thing is i think so the c the c your cv your resume is great on paper right but you connect people you don't you don't hand out your resume like business cards no people connect with other people nowadays on social media okay your linkedin is huge for business development and networking instagram is huge because people get to see what what's your social life like you could literally get a pretty good general idea of what someone's personality is like based on their posts of instagram oh they like to kayak in the summers down on the, the shores of maryland they they go to the dr every summer maybe they have family there Oh, they have, they play the guitar. You know what I mean? Um, very important things to to consider there. Um, so I yeah, I would definitely reach out to there. Everyone's got that they're a dental student in their bio. Half these half the people out there put it in their Instagram handle. Student Doctor Christina. Um, you know what I mean? Like like Sean and I's Instagram handle is Doctor This Doctor That because, in a way, it's your brand. Um, and in a way, it's it's you know it's who, who you are as as a person after some point. So how would I actually let's get into the nitty gritty? We have two minutes and five seconds left. How to network and build up an application? Um, you want to network? I would connect with people through literally through social media. I would I would comment on their posts. I would ask them. As does a big thing. I don't think Canadian dentist. So this is tough because you're Canadian. I don't think. Canadian dental schools participate in ASDA within the U.S. You know what I mean? That's why it's like kind of tough to say that. Sean, you have any ideas? I you just know, connect with people through social media. Social media is is, is easy in the, in the meantime. I would look into seeing if uh, Canadian, de Canadian dental students can attend meetings like as annual meeting, just the ADA general meeting, meetings like the Greater New York Dental Meeting that just happened this past uh, weekend. You know, those events are, are really big. You can meet 
students, doctors, you know, you can really expand your network um, through those big convention meetings, going to lectures, you know, when there's a lecture in a specific field, whether it be endodontics, periodontics, oral surgery, you can meet the lecturer, you can meet the, because that's what, that's what we do. Brendan said, I go to conventions. I love going to conventions and sitting and learning about those things. You know, Christina, maybe we bump into each other at one of those, which is great. How to build up your application in other ways. I say, whatever is on there, make sure you're passionate about it. It doesn't always have to be school related. It can also be other things. As long as you're passionate about it, put it on there and make sure that it counts because that's what comes up in an interview and that's what's going to show. Really quickly, 40 seconds left. Christina, what, what are you trying to network for? Is it for ortho? Is it for oral surgery? Is it for GPR? Because I would also message people, whether it's Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, search for those specialists that you're looking to apply to in the area. See if you could shadow them. See what residency they've gone to. Um, just let them know, hey, I appreciate your work here. All right, we got about 15 seconds left. Thank you everyone for coming out. Thank you so much, really. This means a lot to us. I hope we were able to help you. Um, keep in touch in the future.